This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the MarketScale Healthcare Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Today, we're doing something a little different, and I'm excited for this conversation, but we're going to be hosting basically a quick Q&A with Dr. Jeff Shabbat. He's the co-founder, director, and an inventor at Endo Solutions. As a researcher and specialist in bone marrow aspiration, we wanted to give Shabbat a platform to break down some of the common questions technicalities, and misconceptions around bone marrow aspiration in the healthcare industry. Shabit, welcome to the podcast. Let's jump right into the Q&A. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to get your thoughts on this, so I think we're just going to leap right in. We've got some basic questions here to kind of guide you through giving us some of your thoughts on bone marrow aspiration. Again, breaking down some common questions around it, analyzing some of the technicalities, and breaking down some of the misconceptions around it as well. So let's start here. Is it bad to leave red blood cells in marrow aspirate? Why or why not? Red cells have a bad reputation. um, And most of this comes from our experience with hemarthrosis. Um, When you have repeated bleeding into joint spaces, this is especially common in patients with hemophilia or sometimes patients who are on uh, blood thinners. And uh, over time, this causes a breakdown of the cartilage and can cause uh, very severe pain, often leading to joint replacement. And so naturally, people say, oh, red cells in the knee must be bad. But what we know when we drill a little deeper is that acute exposure to red cells in the knee, as might happen following a surgery or following an acute injury, um, are much less harmful. You know, we've all banged our knee at some point, and we don't wind up having the really severe uh, uh, phenotype that we see in, in patients with hemophilia. Um, to actually drive uh, towards a, a deeper understanding of this, some researchers in Germany back in 2013 um, took some dogs and actually examined the effect of a single injection of whole blood uh, in the knee compared to uh, repeated weekly injections. And what they showed is that after three weekly injections of whole blood in, into the knee of these dogs, um, the dogs were evidencing uh, pain, their, their gait was altered, they were, they were changing the way they were doing things as, as a marker that there was damage going on in the knee. But uh, following the single administration of whole blood, in fact, the, the dogs showed no evidence of any kind of problem. Um, and actually, back in 2010, uh, Lisa Fortier showed uh, a much greater therapeutic benefit in a, a full thickness cartilage defect in a, a horse knee. Uh, and the two treatments that she was comparing were microfracture, which basically causes blood to leak into the space, hopefully bringing some uh, stem cells from, from the bone marrow with it, compared to uh, adding in, in addition to the microfracture, a uh, bone marrow concentrate. And uh, the bone marrow concentrate actually raised the level of red cells in the knee. And what she showed is that despite the higher level of, of crit in the knee, of, of red cells in the knee, um, a much better outcome when combining the marrow aspirate with the microfracture, showing that uh, having more cells is better, more of the healing cells that are in the bone marrow is better. Um, and of course, that would be absent if you're just talking about regular peripheral whole blood leaking into the knee. And why would you say having more cells overall is better? What would you say is actually gained? 
Well, so uh, what what we can look back to is is the science and the studies that have been done. So starting with uh, Philip Hernigo in France, um, every study that has looked at the the effect, the long term outcomes of procedures, and these could be intradiscal procedures for pain in the spine, rotator cuffs, uh, lum, lumbar spine fusion, osteonecrosis, non union repair. All of these studies have shown that if you have more CFUs per mil. These are the colony-forming units that are basically the, the collection of, of stem cells or, or stromal cells, sometimes they're called, or signaling cells uh, uh, from the bone marrow, that the more of those you have, it's associated with better outcomes. So we'll fall back on what the evidence has shown us. Dr. Shabbat, what would you say is the importance of CFUF counts compared to nucleated cell counts? Well, nu- uh, nucleated cells uh, have a range of functions. Uh, and many of these functions are actually at cross purposes to what we're trying to accomplish when we're dealing with, with a bone marrow aspirate or a bone marrow concentrate. Um, for example, uh, there are pro-inflammatory cells that have nuclei, so they would be included in that count, but that would be the last thing that you'd want to be administering in a lot of the indications for which you're looking to use bone marrow. Um, historically, uh, the way bone marrow is collected, um, there is often contamination with peripheral blood. And what you'd find is that a lot of the nucleated cells you'd be getting in your final counts would be actually originating in the peripheral blood where there's minimal healing uh, potential. Uh, So the CFUs are derived uniquely from the bone marrow. And uh, so when you have more of those counts, it's really a marker that you've got a a richer product in the cells that you're you're going to be guiding uh, the, the real architects of the repair. Um, and as I, I mentioned earlier, uh, Philip Hernigou in France, he actually um, compared outcomes and he compared uh, treatments based on relative number of total nucleated cells, CFUs, and he sort of sliced the, 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 the system a bunch of different ways. And really, it was only the CFUs uh, counts, the absolute CFUs that were delivered that were um, most strongly predictive of whether or not there was going to be a positive outcome. What was being done prior to having marrow solution, which is a RANFAC medical device for autologous bone marrow aspiration and trephine harvesting, to accumulate this number of stem cells? Well, when we look back at the numbers of cells that would lead to healing in in the studies that I mentioned previously, uh, the bone marrow aspirates that were coming out using uh, traditional bone marrow needles were, were not reaching the levels that we were suggested to be needed in order to get a therapeutic benefit. So we said, well, why don't we just take uh, a a large volume of marrow and we'll concentrate down the cells that we want. So you would take uh, a a larger volume of bone marrow than you wanted to in the end administer, spin them down to take out the plasma and a lot of the red cells, um, and really isolate the cells that have a very particular density. Um, and that density is selected to correspond to the majority of the CFUFs. Uh, not all of them, because these cells are proliferative, and you'll have cells in the wrong stage of, of cell division that will throw their density off. You can pick up some very young red cells in, the, um, uh, in that band as well, um, and you lose a lot of the accessory cells that are with it. But the idea was, if we don't have enough in a small volume, we'll start with a large volume and try to compress it down uh, in, into a smaller volume. And finally, what would you say is the result of the change to marrow solution? Well, I think uh, the marrow solutions represents a, a superior product to the centrifuge systems for, for really uh, maybe, say, four reasons. Um, one is that less volume is required to be drawn from the patient. Um, and 
the volume that's drawn is of higher quality marrow. It's not contaminated with peripheral blood. Um, because there's no centrifuge step involved, um, we're ending up with a, a fuller complement of cells in these preparations. And these cells can actually help each other. We focus on the CFUFs, but uh, studies have shown that having intimate contact with a lot of the other cells that are present in the bone marrow helps these CFUs, uh, the, these bone marrow stromal cells, really retain the, the maximum potential that they have. Uh, for example, megakaryocytes, which reside uniquely within the bone marrow, um, have been shown that uh, aggregates of those cells with the bone marrow stromal cells help to maintain the expression of alkaline phosphatase, which is a marker of osteoblastic potential. So if you're looking to try to get these cells to grow bone, you want to preserve that contact as long as possible. Um, by not, in addition to having all the full complement of cells, you also have a full complement of growth factors that are present in, in the bone marrow. Those would, most of those would be thrown away with the plasma layer if you were using a centrifuge system. And then finally, um, you know, despite all of these other advantages, you're not sacrificing on cell counts. In fact, we, uh, it's, been, it's been shown that you get more cells per unit volume um, from the marrow solution system. So really, you're, you're gaining all of those other advantages without, uh, uh, without sacrificing in terms of the, the number of cells that are actually going to be doing the work for you. And finally, the marrow solutions preparation is reflective of more natural healing, how your body does it. Your body doesn't select certain cells to be involved in the healing process based on their density. Um, it really is the totality of the marrow environment that leads to natural healing that goes on within the body that we're really trying to harness in the field of regenerative medicine. All right, Dr. Shabbat, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and giving us this Q&A breakdown of some of the technicalities behind bone marrow aspiration and some of your thoughts on the process. Any final words for our audience on this process and the technology that's making it more comprehensive? No, I think it's a very exciting field in general, and uh, um, we're very excited to see such new devices coming along that are really going to advance uh, the, the potential and the opportunities in regenerative medicine. Dr. Shabbat, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. And make sure you leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.